Did you know you can go on an adventure to India without even leaving your house? Learn all about the foods, animals, and places of India. Meet some families with kids just like you and even try some of their favorite recipes. It's an adventure of faith and fun on Gospel Adventures Celebrate India. Begin your journey at gospeladventures.org. Welcome to the Gospel Adventure Show. I'm Ben. And I'm Noah. And we're so glad you're here today. Thanks for stopping by. Today, we're discovering that God has a plan. God has a plan, and it's a good one, too. That's right. God told his people in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And that's my kind of plan. To explore this verse, are you ready for a game show called Bad Day, Good Plan? Ooh, that sounds interesting. Okay, here's how it works. I'll say something that might happen on a bad day. We'll play five seconds of music, and that's how long you have to try to finish my sentence with how that ended up being a good thing. Ben, you try it with me. Okay. I woke up by falling out of bed and banging my head on the wall, but... Uh, but if I hadn't have woken up right then, I would have missed a field trip to an amusement park? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, next time, we'll let our listeners fill in the answer. I lost my favorite hoodie, but... I know my answer to that one, but the person who found it returned it and became my best friend. Wait. I thought I was your best friend. I'm just thinking about how our listeners might have answered. Uh, okay, next one, next one. I had to have broccoli for dinner, but... But I got extra ice cream since I ate it all right up without complaining. Next one. I didn't win the contest I entered, but... But they called me and said it was because my entry was too good. So they wanted to give me a million dollars instead. So that was a fun game show. But what does that have to do with God having plans to give his people a hope and a future? Well, that verse by itself sounds all happy, like everything is going to work out right away. Didn't it? Well, not exactly. See, God's people were having a bad day. They'd been taken captive by another country. God promised that he had a good plan to give them a hope and a future. But if you keep reading, he said it would take 70 years. 70 years? I'd be in my 90s by then. Yep. People had a long time to wait. But God has a plan. And no matter how long it takes, we can always trust God's plans. Hey, Ben, speaking of plans... I could use your help coming up with one. Really? Because you're the prince of planning, Noah. You're always planning something. Yeah, but this time... Hey, hey do you remember your plan for turning the school gym into a skate park? Oh yeah, I sure do. 
Probably should have checked with the principal before hauling in those ramps. Yeah, she was not happy about that. And then, when you planned a fundraising march to cure smallpox? Well, nobody told me the disease was wiped out back in 1980. Yeah, that that plan fell through. And how about the time... Okay, okay. Some of my plans haven't worked out. But this one has to, because it's a surprise birthday party for Jesse. Ooh, your wife's surprise birthday bash! That's a biggie. No kidding. She's smart, so it's really hard to surprise her. I've got it! Her birthday is next week, right? Right. So throw the party in three months. But that's nowhere near her birthday. Exactly! No one expects a birthday party when it's not their birthday. Surprise! And she'll be mad at me for three months because she thinks I forgot her birthday. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. That's the thing about plans. You've got to think them through so everything turns out right. God's plans always turn out right. And that's why we can trust God's plans. Let's listen to a song about that. Close your eyes and listen like this song is a prayer. song really helps me to trust in God. God has a plan. Let's hear about God's plan to free his people from slavery in Egypt, long before our Jeremiah verse. God heard his people crying out as slaves, so he put a whole plan together to save them. Let's hear from one of the Israelite families God planned to set free. These were dark times. God had sent nine terrible plagues over Egypt. Gnats, flies, frogs, hail, you name it. 
but Pharaoh still wouldn't let God's people, the Israelites, go. And now the tenth and final plague was upon us. Death was coming. But even in the blackest of nights, we had hope. God promised to rescue us, although the firstborn sons of Egypt would die. God said he would pass over the houses of his people who put the blood of a lamb over the front door. While we huddled with our families over our Passover meals, I was scared. After all, I was the firstborn son in my family. Safe in my home, I heard the screams and cries of Egyptian parents as their firstborn sons died. The tenth plague was both quick and merciless. Before the night was over, Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron, who was Moses' older brother, to his palace. Pharaoh's own son had died too. With tears streaming down his angry face, he pointed towards the hills and yelled, Get out! And just like that, all of us Israelites, more than a million of us, quickly packed up our things and hurried out of Egypt. But we weren't safe yet. As soon as we were gone, Pharaoh changed his mind. He loaded up every chariot in Egypt, all his horses and his entire army, and chased us down. By the time we saw them coming, there was no way for us to escape. We were backed up against the sea with nowhere to run. Of course, we panicked. Oh no, we shouted, we're doomed. We've escaped Egypt only to die in the wilderness. Stay calm, Moses said. Just stand still and watch God rescue you. As usual, Moses was right. God took care of us again. God's angel went to the back of our camp to protect us. Then the huge pillar of cloud that had been leading us moved behind to block the Egyptians' path. It hovered there all day, and at night it turned into fire. And then God did something even more amazing. God told Moses to raise his hand over the sea. The winds swirled all around us, and the water split right down the middle. A giant wall of water rose up on each side, God created a dry path for us to cross the sea. We picked up our things and began to walk across the seabed with walls of water on each side. Not a drop of water splashed our faces or touched our feet. Meanwhile, Pharaoh watched in amazement. His anger turned into rage and he shouted for his army to follow us. When we glanced back over our shoulders, we could see the soldiers racing their chariots into the seabed behind us. They were catching up and fast, but we kept moving. God was doing something miraculous, and all we could do was push onward. When every one of us reached the other side of the sea, God told Moses to raise his hand again. The walls of water rushed down over the dry path, filling the sea with water again. Wave after wave crashed down on Pharaoh's soldiers and chariots. Next thing we knew, the entire army had been covered in water. Not one of them survived. They were gone. We stood in awe of God's mighty power. We laughed and cried and hugged each other. 
More than 400 years of slavery in Egypt had finally come to an end. God had truly rescued us, and we were finally free. Hey, Ben, what did one wall of the Red Sea's water say to the other wall of water? Uh, what? Nothing. It just waved. <laughs> but seriously, imagine being on that journey with our Israelite family. It would have been awesome to see how God's plan worked out. Awesome and scary, you mean. You're backed up against the sea and all those soldiers and chariots are coming for you. Ugh, my knees are knocking just thinking about it. Definitely one of those bad day, good plan situations. Can you imagine how it felt watching the water separate to make a dry path? The whole time I was walking to the other side, I'd be afraid those walls of water would come crashing down on me. Well, if you really want to imagine what that was like, I can help you. How? Can you split water? <laughs> no, but I have a game. This is something our friends listening in can do too. It's not walking between walls of water but it will help you know what walking when you're a little afraid feels like. Okay, I guess I'm ready. Okay, go stand in the center of the room facing a blank wall, with nothing between you and the wall. Okay, I'm in position. Now close your eyes. Closed. Now lean forward slightly. Leaned. Okay, when I say go, I want you to walk toward that wall keeping your eyes closed. See how close you get without hitting it with your nose. When you think you're close, stop and open your eyes. And you want our friends to do this too? Only if they want to know at least a little bit how the Israelites might have felt as they trusted God's plan and crossed the Red Sea. And what about our friends who are listening in a car? Those friends can close their eyes, stretch out one arm in front of their faces, and bring their hands toward their noses to see how close they can get without whacking themselves in the face. Great! Okay, ready to walk, Ben? Ready! Go! Walking, walking, this is easy. Walking. And stopping. Ow, I went too far. <laughs> try it again and see if you can do better this time. Friends listening in, you give it a try again too. Okay, walking carefully. Still walking carefully. I think I'm getting close, and I'm stopping here. Open your eyes. Whoa! I'm like two inches from the wall. How did you feel while you were walking? A, a little scared. Like everything was going according to my plan. But what if the plan didn't work? I didn't want to crash. And you know who else must have been scared? Who? The fish. Imagine swimming along, and then the water just ends. Well, maybe this joke will help you feel a little better. What do you call a fish who's wearing a tie? Uh, a professional? <laughs> no, but that's pretty good. My answer was sophisticated. Oh, okay. That did help. Sophisticated. <laughs> we'll talk more about how God has a plan after a little break. Don't go away, friends. We'll be right back. Good News for Every Day is sponsored by Gospel Adventures. Learn how kids around the world experience life and follow Jesus. Visit gospeladventures.org. The good news comes from the Gospel of John. 
The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Every year, the Israelites would sacrifice a lamb or another animal to take away their sins and make them clean, but it was never enough. They were waiting for the final sacrifice, the Lamb of God who would make them clean forever. When John the Baptist sees Jesus, the Holy Spirit lets him know that there he is, the one who will finally make us all clean forever. That's good news for every day. And we're back on the Gospel Adventure Show. Today, we're learning that God has a plan. Yeah, and so far, we learned about God's plan to save his people from slavery in Egypt by splitting a sea so they could walk through it. And the plan God shared in Jeremiah to give his people a hope and a future. But God always had a plan to save his people. And not just the Israelites, for you and me too. Well, wait, he's never parted a sea for me. But he did make a plan to save you. The Bible says that at the right time, Jesus came to earth to live and die and come back to life to save us from our sins. So God planned when to send Jesus? Yes, and he planned it so that all people could be saved from their sins. In fact, there's a mention of God's plan to send Jesus in the same chapter of the Bible when Adam and Eve first sinned. Wow, God had that plan for a long time. Yep, when it came to saving people, God had a plan. And I'm glad he did, because thanks to Jesus, I can be a friend of God. That's another God plan that worked out and led to good things like hope and a future. A forever future with Jesus. I love it when plans work out, like your plan for Jesse's birthday party will work out too. Except unlike God, I don't have a plan. You're going to help me with that, remember? I remember. I'm still thinking. Well, let's keep working on it. In the meantime, let's meet a couple kids who have a great hobby, mountain climbing. That always looks like so much fun. It is, until things don't go according to plan. And that's what happened to their dad. Let's hear from Maya and Will DiMartino now. Hi, I'm Maya DiMartino, and I am 11. Hi, I'm Will DiMartino, and I am 10. And our mom and dad are Craig and Cindy DiMartino. Our kids first went climbing with us. Well, Maya went climbing with us when she was eight months old. Um, she obviously wasn't climbing. I don't really remember a whole lot about the day that my dad fell. Um, they went climbing, and I guess there was some sort of miscommunication between his belayer. And he sat back, and he fell about 100 feet, 93 feet, and landed on his feet, and they, he said they practically exploded. And then he broke his spine, both his legs, and his neck. Shattered my back, broke my neck, broke some ribs, punctured a lung, um, lots of internal stuff, but lots of broken bones in my feet, and my back, and my neck. Then Cindy, it, it happened around 2.30 in the afternoon, and Cindy got the call, and she came up to the park uh, and watched them carry me out to the hospital. It was really hard for our kids because both of us all of a sudden just 
weren't around. And that was that was for two two months. I mean, I was in the hospital straight. So I mean, they the kids would come and see it, me, but yeah, their routine was just out the window. I mean, we had no routine. You know, nobody. He wasn't supposed to live. You know, the doctors told us that right off the bat. You know, he was supposed to die. Even though my dad fell climbing, it can be really safe because, well, you really just have to trust whoever you're working with. Like, you have to trust your rope, your harness, the carabiners, and your partner who's belaying you. As climbers, we follow certain protocols. I mean, there's, we have safety measures that we follow every single time, and then we have backups to those safety measures. I think, ultimately, you have to trust God because He's the one that sees everything, and he's the one that's always there for my kids. You know, I can't be there um, all day at middle school with Maya. I can't be there every minute of every day, you know, when Will's in school or when he's at a friend's house. Um, so ultimately, you have to give that to God, that even if something bad does happen, that he's going to use that in our children's lives to teach them and to grow them and to, um, you know, foster their faith. I think God's really happy when you trust him because he, he probably feels like, oh yes, they listened, you know, they're understanding it. What a story. If you're just tuning in, this is the Gospel Adventure Show, and we're learning that God has a plan. So, the plan Maya and Will's dad had for climbing didn't work out. It definitely didn't. Sometimes our plans just don't work out or we face things that are out of our control. That's why we need to trust God. Yeah, our plans aren't always trustworthy, but when God has a plan, it's rock solid. Their family sure had to trust in God. Ben, you mentioned some of my plans that didn't work out, but I'm curious, have you ever planned something and it didn't turn out like you hoped? Ah, <sighs> yeah. Tell us about it. What was your plan and what happened? Well. You remember how I joined that band? Yeah, Jesse and I went to hear you play. Well, my plan was for the band to play more and more concerts around here until we went on the road and opened for bigger bands. Then we'd start making records and doing TV shows. Then we'd go platinum and win a bunch of awards and be the most famous band ever. That plan won't get very far until you come up with a name for your band. You were still deciding when we last talked about it. We had lots of ideas for names. I wanted to call it the Ben Band, but nobody else voted for that. <laughs> no surprise there. What were some of the other choices? Let's see. Tickler Tom and the T-Tones, the Pizza Slices, the Toadstools, Pickle Juice, Lester's Left Shoe, Calico Cornflakes, Ding Dong and the Doorknobs. But what name did you finally pick? None of them. We couldn't agree, so the band broke up. So it's over? Yeah. That plan lasted about no time at all. Sometimes we're so busy hanging on to our own plans that we don't pay attention to God's plan. For instance, let's say you get totally wrapped up in your plan to make the Ben Band the world's biggest band that you don't even ask God about his plan to use your musical skills to serve him. You totally miss God's plan because you're so focused on your own plan. Oh man, I can see how that could happen. Let's make sure it doesn't happen for us and our friends. Friends, Ben and I are each going to find an object that reminds us of a plan we have for our lives. I want to write a book someday, so maybe I could hold a pen or pencil as a reminder of that plan. Think of a plan you have, 
to hang out with a friend, to go to the moon, to grow up to be a firefighter? Go find something that reminds you of that plan and hold it. And don't just hold it, hug it. Hug it close to your heart. I'll play a song while you do that. And when you come back, tell the people you're with about what you picked. Hugging Noah? My wedding ring. I plan to be married to Jesse for a long, long time. Aw, that's so sweet. And what are you hugging? A cactus. And I think it was a mistake. Why a cactus? Well, ever since we were kids, I wanted to be a desert explorer. I know. You did that report in Mrs. Nettlebaum's class about exploring the Sahara. So now you think it was a mistake to plan to go to a desert? No, I think it was a mistake to hug a cactus. I've got like a zillion spiny thorny thingies sticking out of me. Friends, I wish you could see this. Ben looks like a porcupine. <laughs> Very funny, it hurts. I'll help you, buddy. Gently pull spikes. No, gently pull. Ow! <laughs> there you go, Ben. You've been deporcupined. Thanks. I'll remember this. Now, listeners, hold your item really tight. Tight, tight, tight. Do I need to get my cactus again? No, definitely not. Okay, listeners, I'm going to pray a prayer. As I do, let go of your item. Ready? God, help me trust your plans instead of holding on to my own plans. 
In Jesus' name, amen. I guess I learned the hard way not to hold on too tightly to my plans. You definitely did. It's okay to make plans, but it's also important to remember that no matter what my plans are, God has a plan too. His plan is always best, and we can trust Him even when our plans don't work out the way we thought. I'll remember that every time I see a cactus. That's my God sighting for this episode. And speaking of plans... Right. Jessie's birthday party. I've got it. Tell her you're throwing her a surprise party and tell her exactly when it is. But won't that ruin the surprise? No. It makes sure that the party is a surprise. She knows you're planning something, but there's no way she expects you to tell her what it is. So if you tell her the party is Saturday night, she'll be sure that's not when the party is. Ben, sometimes I think you're a genius. Really? Me too. But one quick question. What? She doesn't listen to this show, does she? Oh, I did not think this through. Well, Jesse, surprise. Anyway, even if my plans failed, more importantly, God has a plan. It's a plan I know I can trust. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gospel Adventure Show. Make sure you plan to join us next time, too. Bye! Gospel Adventures is brought to you by a partnership between Lutheran Hour Ministries and Group Publishing. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to Gospel Adventures wherever you listen to podcasts. To catch up on past episodes and to find more exciting resources, go to gospeladventures.org. Light, 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 light of the world and each other.